All right. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. This is episode six, season episode three. Six. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. We're getting there. I don't know where we, we don't know where there is, but we are getting there. Hey, Liz. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it might be my imagination, but did our did our last episode have a lot of engagement? I mean, people have feelings about weddings and holiday cards. I guess they do. I, I yeah. feel like we've settled in in the last few episodes like to, to basically our wheelhouse, which is like what life looks like for a bunch of 30-year-old Asian Americans. 30-year-old you know? <laughs> is cute. <laughs> 30, 30s I am much, much closer to, to the opposite end of that, but I appreciate the uh, the rounding <sighs> down. Yeah, it, 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 uh, all about that first digit, right? Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. So, yeah. Um, so let's just, I'm, I think we're just going to continue on that, right? Like just, well, if it's not broke, you know, yeah. keep it going. <laughs> found our niche. Interior lives of 30-ish year olds. Perfect. Um, but before we get to that, um, it's something that we didn't get to talk about last time we recorded and happened in, in the interim, um, really just sad and devastating news coming out of New York city. We wanted to spend a couple minutes talking about it. Um, Liz, did you want to kind of share a little bit? Yeah. So for those who aren't aware on February 14th, a 35 year old Asian American woman named Christina Yuna Lee was murdered in her home in New York city. Uh, very, very violently by somebody who was stalking her and followed her into apartment and stabbed her 40 times. And that was a month after Michelle Alyssa Go, another uh, a 40-year-old Asian-American woman, was pushed off of a subway platform in New York City. And I just learned like a few hours ago that two days after Christina Lee was murdered, Julia Lee was murdered in St. Paul while driving. It's the murders of three Asian American women all between 34 and 40, less than a year after the Atlanta massacre where God was like six Asian American women were murdered. It all, it just, it all feels like the start of something terrible, mm. you know? And at the same time, it is really unsettling how normal it feels. Like in contrast to Atlanta, like I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about this, even within my own circles. Like people haven't really been checking in or like processing because this is just like fucking part of our lives now. And it's almost like if we think about it too much, we might crumble. So, yeah, it it is a it's a really like upsetting and crazy making time. I feel like yeah, and for me, I mean, like this, Chris, the the news of Michelle Go and Christina Lee, especially, I think, hits home because it is home. You know, it's mm -hmm. New York City. Yeah, these are you know subway platforms that I've been on. Um, mm -hmm. Those are streets that I've walked and. You know, my spouse is the same age, Asian-American yeah. woman, uh -huh. Korean-American woman, you know, who, you know, she's lived here in New York for the past eight years. And I don't know how many times she's, you know, walked home or taken a taxi cab home late at night after, you know, spending time with friends, you know, and it's like over those eight years, I mean, it kind of coincided with some of the years that I lived in New York, you know, New York 
felt safe. You know, mm-hmm. it was, um, I don't know if, if, if it was safe or if we're just opening our eyes now, but even if you look at it statistically, things, uh, crime wise, things are, you know, ticking up, you know, in, in New York and these stories just have, I don't know if it's just us getting older or whatnot, but it just seems to have more salience the more this happens. For sure. And For I mean, sure. it was just so, I mean, she, Christina Lee was somebody who grew up in Jersey, you know, just like my spouse. And she was mm-hmm. a Korean American woman, you know, living in New York and in an apartment building. I mean, it's just all so close to home. Yeah. And it was just so, it wasn't this, from what we're reading, it's not some planned thing, but it was, you know, like it was an attack that just, you know, like they didn't know each other. It wasn't premeditated or anything like this. It was from what we're, what we're learning, right. There was no connection between the two of them to make, it it just makes me feel like it could have literally happened to, to anyone that Mm -hmm. I know. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's actually kind of shocking that I don't personally know anyone that was like friends with her or knew her in her Mm -hmm. circle. I mean, I, I just, you know, I kind of was expecting given like who she was like that, you know, a bunch of, bunch of friends of mine would have known her you know yeah and yeah, just totally. as just as easily could have you know yeah so it really it really hit home it's really been sitting with me and kind of gnawing at me and and one thing that disturbs me actually you mentioned that you know you have this like you know really haunting feeling that this could be the start of something and i, I certainly hope not but it like especially this story of christina lee the person i immediately thought thought of was um teresa hakyung cha um, she's the Korean American writer and poet, um, who was, you know, she, she was killed in very similar ways mm. in, in New York. And she was killed in 1982 in lower Manhattan. And, you know, like she, you know, that kind of death kind of rippled out. And I, I remember reading about that and I don't know, like it, it could be the beginning of something, but I get this like sick feeling that this has been happening for a very long time, not just in New York, but to like Asian women in this country for, for a long time. And I, 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 I see the narrative kind of fall into this, like, Oh, was it a hate crime or wasn't a hate crime? And in so many ways, I think the legal standard for hate crime is just so hard to achieve that. Correct. Correct. And it's, it's, to me, it's like, that's not even, yes, if it's a hate crime, then yes, prosecuted as such, but like, it's almost like missing the point that you can't, ignore that this is happening to Asian women. Exactly, exactly. The standard for hate crime is insane. Like basically this person would have had to have like told somebody that he was out to kill Asian women. And like no one does that, right? right. Like the but when you look at the reality, would this have happened to white men? Right. Especially in Michelle Goh's case, like the answer is so clearly no, yeah. right? And also probably in Christina Lee's case, the answer is so clearly no, that it's like you cannot separate race and sex out of this. Right. And the legal standard is so insane. And like it, yeah, I it's it's completely unreasonable. Right. And so it's like, like I get that that legal, like that, that discussion needs to happen when it happens. But I almost fear that like, you know, it, it kind of distracts from the issue, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, yes, let, let the prosecutors and them sort that out but in the in the public discourse like i read these news stories and they're like oh it wasn't it's not being considered or investigated as a hate crime mm-hmm. and almost like it implies that oh this isn't because she was asian woman. right 
Right. And it's like, no, no, that cannot be the takeaway message, right? Like she was targeted and she was targeted for a specific reason. It's because she's an easy target or a victim or whatever. And however people internalize what they think about Asian people or Asian women, right? That all factors in, Mm -hmm. right? And you can't Mm -hmm. like just scrub that away. And we need to keep that in in the forefront of our minds, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you that this has been happening for a very long time. And like Asian women have been seen as targets for a very long time. But like, I also feel like, you know, it has, I think it would be difficult to deny that it's ramped up in the last six years, you know, yeah, Yeah. Um, with all of the very uh, explicit rhetoric from the highest office about Asians, right? And then um, a friend of ours posted this really interesting thread on Instagram written by somebody else. But like this, this writer was basically making the point that like violence against Asians is so innately tied with American imperialism, especially in Asia and how, you know, you just take the example of Vietnam and like the whole point was to like systematically kill Asian people. And then all of those troops came home and like what did we think was going to happen to Asians living in America in that case you know Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. I just I really appreciated that kind of like broader perspective like the global context in which this all takes place like it's not an accident and it's very closely tied to like American imperialism Mm -hmm. like for the last century really if not longer so and it connects a lot to our earlier, like we've talked about it on this podcast about the fetishization and objectification, the sexualization of Asian women in popular yes. culture and mm-hmm. in just casual, like, you know, conversation and such, right? You don't think that's reflective of a broader attitude? And then th- do you think not think that that manifests in these more violent forms, you know? Correct. And we have data connecting the two, right? Like we, we have data that shows that like Asian American women suffer from domestic violence at statistically higher rates than women of other backgrounds. And a lot of it is because of men's ideas of Asian women being hypersexual, constantly sexually available, submissive, like all of these things. And when they are not those things, they suffer consequences, you know? So like um, the, the, the link between those ideas and the violence, like it's already been documented. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's, you know, that's been laying heavy on probably both our heads. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we just wanted to, to mention that because, you know, it's it's something that an incredibly sad story that's just, you know, that impacts us all. Yeah, it hits so close to home, like not just because like I am in that demographic, right? I'm an Asian American woman between 34 and 40 and all, but also like all of my closest friends are in that demographic. And like when I when I think about my friends, like that's when real fear sets in mm-hmm. um, and like true rage because like. The best people I know. Yeah. They're the best people I know. And like, it is so fucking senseless. And so, um, the, the wrong, not that anybody deserves this, but like the absolute wrongness of it all just really, really hits home. Yeah. This is something that, you know, I've been talking to with friends and it's something that we need to kind of rally together and support each other during this time. So one thing I feel really grateful for is that like Asian women are like, really really good at taking care of each other because like you know when you're socialized to take care of everybody and ask for nothing the people who check in on you are other asian women usually right and so um to all the asian women out there i just want you to know like i love you and i love us and we're so much bigger than this and like we take care of each other so 
I hope that you are surrounding yourself with other Asian women right now. Whether or not you are talking about this explicitly, I hope that you are basking in that right now. Well said. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to kind of transition from there to what we're talking about, but we did want to, you know, provide some space to kind of uh, acknowledge that, to kind of like um, sit with it and uh, just be in our grief together. So, um, yeah, yeah, we yeah. wanted to at least say something. Yeah, as much as we would have rather been talking about other things, because God knows the only thing I want to talk about is the Olympics, but we'll save that for another time. I'll put that, leave that in the can for my next time. Gosh, episode. I completely forgot about the oh Olympics. My God, how dare you, Chris? No, no, I, I watched you. it. I watched it. I watched I watched it. <laughs> you I just paid $5 to I paid five dollars Peacock access. Exactly. <laughs> how can I not? Oh, man, I, I completely forgot that we had to talk about that and yeah. be brief. Ugh, next time next time <laughs> next stop of mine i'm sure you have a whole list of uh things that uh chris storylines the happiest time of my life <laughs> is the winter olympics is it the winter or the summer winter. winter figure skating all day every day baby figure skating oh man talk about storylines this year oh my god it was such a good year for figure skating. But again, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> this week we're we're continuing our theme of uh talking about what's life like in the 30s and we have a a two-parter. This is the first time we're like dividing it up because there's just so much to talk about. Too much to cover. Yeah. So we're going to break it up into two parts. Part one is managing the household in our 30s. Mhm. Right? And yeah. uh and as often is the case, Liz, you are you are the trailblazer between the two of us. You are laying the path. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're how many years in are you into 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 married Being life? 30. <laughs> no, um, not 30. I have been married for 11 and a half years. 11 and a half years. OK, so that's yeah. 11 and a half years of learning how to manage life together, manage a household, mm-hmm. manage a relationship, manage uh, kids and all of those things. You're 11 and a half years in. I'm sure you've created systems and processes and spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff to manage it. I'm so eager to learn from the guru. I oh my God. myself am just getting started with all this. I feel like mm-hmm. I have some things that have worked, some mm-hmm. things that have failed. Um, so I'm eager to hear how you manage it all. So. God. What has, I don't know, like, let's just start broadly. What are, what are the, some of the things that have helped, you know, keep your life in orbit? Number one is like basic communication, like talking constantly with my spouse about plans. We're both oldest children. And I feel like there's nothing really like having kids to make you realize how completely interdependent you are on another person because mm-hmm we can't just go off and do our separate things. Like there needs to be an adult body in the home at all times. And it just requires a level of coordination that we didn't need to think about before we had kids. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing, but assuming like basic communication about these things, um, the calendar is like super important. And um, I'm very curious about your calendar system. I want to know if it's like paper. I want to know if it's electronic, Um, we have, we, I have a Google calendar. I made the switch. I love paper. Uh, but I made the switch to digital because I needed a calendar that I could access no matter where I was. Mm -hmm. My spouse and I do not have access to each other's Google calendar. He doesn't keep a Google calendar because he basically works and is very introverted. So he has like far fewer social engagements, Mm -hmm. but in the pandemic, we started this thing with our kids because they have a very difficult time 
wrapping their heads around time because they're kids. So when everything shut down two years ago, we like drew out a calendar for them to help my to help my older kid in particular understand that he was going to have 21 stay at home days in a row, wow. which is more time than like a four year old can comprehend. Right. So I drew out a little calendar to put on our fridge for him to understand that. And then it kept getting it kept growing because that shut down <laughs> kept getting longer and longer and longer. And um even though he went back to school, we just kept it because like this is just how we mark time in a pandemic. And actually having that calendar, like, you know, we're on page 20 of it at this point, um, has been super helpful for our family because it is a, a way for the kids to like grasp, like kind of visually um, when things are happening in the future. But it's mm -hmm. also like made it so that my spouse and I have a quick visual at all times of like what's on the horizon for us, gotcha. which we did not have before because my calendar is digital and then his work calendar is digital too. So that's one aspect of it. And I could say more, but before that, I want to stop and I want to ask you about this because you and your partner be became partners in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. You, I remember when you when y'all got together, you talked about the pandemic as like this relationship accelerator where mm -hmm. it was like whatever trajectory your relationship was going in, the pandemic just accelerated it, whether it was like towards um, a demise or towards like a very intense togetherness, 24-7 togetherness. So I feel like y'all have had like, y'all have had like very unique like needs to coordinate your life uh -huh. in a way that like early like young couples don't have to so i'm like i'm very curious about like what this has looked like for you too yes yes all very accurate i mean the main thing is that we both became at home remote workers mm, okay she was already um and i was an office worker that then you know became or, you know, at home as well. So mm -hmm. our calendars kind of revolve around our call schedules. Both of us like are on calls pretty much all day. Okay. So within that, we have to figure out the main thing is when, when are we eating together? Oh, okay. okay. We have to coordinate meals. Got you. And then I don't know, like time, the, the big challenge during the pandemic and it kind of continues on till now is that everything became so unstructured. Hmm. Um, so when I went into the office, one thing I liked is that, you know, you work at the office, you have accountability among your colleagues. Like, it's not like you can go take a nap on the middle yeah. of the day. <laughs> um, so you're working, but then you have a, you have a time when you can turn off. And for us, it's like, one thing that's been a challenge is that there is no shut off time. Yes. And truly. so in the mornings are super inefficient. We're just kind of like, because we feel like we have the rest of the day. Right, right, right. It feels like a Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And so we're like, it'll get done. It'll get done. And then, of course, we're working until 11, God. 11, 30, 12. Oh God. And the thing is, the, the good thing is we're both night owls. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. blessing and a curse right, because right, we're right. both night owls. So our schedules and our natural rhythms are aligned. But mm. it really, it really, there's nobody to check bad habits, which is just yeah. filling all these like inefficient times with like, with like inefficient work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So we tried to go from an ad hoc sort of like, when's your lunch? When are your calls? And then just kind of organizing a day by day mm -hmm. to moving to a structured calendar. Okay. And, and the calendar like? was on a whiteboard. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Where we have, I think we went by week by week. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so you have a whole, the whole week 
is on the whiteboard at a time. Correct. Okay. And we have we have different color codes. Love that. I'm obsessed yes. with it. Yes. Uh-huh. What color are you? No, no, no. So we're both the same color, uh-huh. but each color represents like black will be work. Uh-huh. Green will be recreation. Oh. So that's like lunches and meals are included in that. Red are like social engagements mm-hmm. for that week. And then blue is like exercise, which so basically the idea is that you'll look at the calendar and see, hey, we don't have enough blue here. We need more mm. exercise. Or hey, okay. we don't have enough alone time, relationship time kind of thing. And that'll be like one color. And you can kind of, at least from a color perspective, see. And the the thing that was, you know, we never really I think there was one week where we did it really well and it was like I felt like a real adult. Like yeah, wow, totally. we're doing it. Because what it does is that it, it gives you the sense of like that work cutoff time, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like you gotta get this work done by this time because there's this blue activity here that we can't move. Yeah, right? it like imposes structure on your day. Exactly. And yeah, basically it's it's dumb because without that whiteboard. Mm-hmm. We've just like fallen back into our old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's. But when when we we are on a calendar, I would say that the things I want to fight for is physical exercise, like something. You know, like yeah. we did yoga for a while. We did like we did walks. You know, I go on runs. But I think like for desk people, like it's essential to like carve that out. Mm-hmm. Um. What's the other thing? Oh, one category that I'm really excited about really instituting, I had like a taste of it, is personal development. So I wanted to like carve out like two 30-minute sessions a week to kind of like, like, you know, work on things like learning how to use Excel properly, you know, like, you know, these kind of like. Wow. (laughs) That's part of personal development? Learning skills. Learning skills, like skills wow. development, right? Okay, okay, interesting. I thought you were gonna be like, like journaling, like seeing a therapist, but you're like, nope. This is this is what I'm prioritizing here. I mean, those are so. those are those are good examples as well that would go under that bucket. But okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm I'm clearly I'm clearly a little. A little uh, What's the word? I'm a little ashamed of my excelling skills, so I really, uh-huh. really like to improve that. Um, speaking of Excel, yeah. um, what spreadsheets keeps your life on on the balance? Um, Chris, my spreadsheet game right now is just a testament to where I am in my life. Can I? I'm going to open up my Google Sheets app. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Okay, so. Um, my most recently opened spreadsheet is summer camps for my older child. Oh Do my you gosh. know about this? Because I did not know about this. Tell me more. Tell me more. Kids. Tell me more. Okay. Tell me more. So, um, having a child who is in K-12 school is glorious. Public school is glorious because you, the childcare expenses that I had up until this point disappear for the most part, at least for nine months out of the year. But the issue is the three months out of the year when they are no longer in school and I need them to be in school or to need them to be doing something because my spouse, my spouse and I both work, right? So around that need, an entire economy has developed of summer camps. And I think there this is especially real in like cities where a lot of people work. So I imagine that New York City summer camp 
industry is out of control. It's this way in the Bay Area. It's this way where I live in Ann Arbor. I'm sure wherever there's a city where like all of the available parents usually work, like this is probably a huge issue. So I am lucky to live in a town where there are like probably honestly like a hundred options for summer camp. But it still feels like every family is fighting for the same seven spots um, because every working family is like clamoring to figure out like what they're going to do with their kids all summer. So there's lots of available options. But what makes it complicated is that like every single place has like different registration deadlines. Their information comes out at different times. Um, Price can vary very widely. So it really becomes this very like each person out for themselves situation. And it feels like a knife fight. That sounds so dramatic, but that is a little bit what it feels like. So um, basically, you know, it's February, right? Mm -hmm. But since January, my girlfriends and I have been like, what are you doing with your kids this summer? And thankfully, in the big mom Facebook group in our town, which I usually avoid because it's pretty toxic, one of the moderators, bless her heart, like created a giant spreadsheet of all the summer camp options wow. in the area. A saint. Which is a truly a service. Give her a key to the city. So um, that was like the starting point for me. It took me like literally an entire Saturday to do this. Thank God we were at my parents' house. So I had childcare during this time. But like I went through every single one. And my kid had specifically requested science camps, which is like a very, again, like specific thing. Not every place offers this. And so, um, you know, I found some options that worked, but then it's just like I, I had to create a whole week by week calendar of the summer with multiple options for each week, <laughs> multiple registration dates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was trying to coordinate with these other friends of mine because we thought it would be fun if our kids were in camp at the same time, especially because they don't go to school together. It's nice to know somebody if you're in a new place, blah, 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 right? So basically this calendar like took over my life for, I don't know, a solid few weeks. And, um, you know, every single one of these registration deadlines feels like a knife fight because like, you know, registration opens at 7 p.m. like I'm there. I'm ready. I am. The countdown on the clock is on. I've got wow. all of my kids' health information available to me so I can fill out a form as quickly as possible. But even though I am there at the starting line filling out the form, like camps are closing like while I'm filling it oh out. And gosh. it is so fucking stressful. And at the end of the day, I only get like, you know, half of what I wanted. Right. And so two days later, there's another camp registration that opens at 5 a.m. So my friends and I are up at 5 a.m. Like, it's, it's like it is it is so crazy it oh feels like the God. hunger games multiple times <laughs> a year and i only have one child who needs summer camp like soon i'm gonna do this for two kids right oh my gosh so anyway all that to say that the 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 one i have been opening the most often is my summer camp spreadsheet i mean this is just something people without kids just does would never even occur no, to me no, right? no. and even before i even before i had kids in school like you know my kids went to a preschool that was year round. So I, I did not have to think about this right but now. Like this is something that like every parent has to think about. Um, so that's my most often open spreadsheet. The one right that I opened after that was um, teacher appreciation lunches, which I coordinate for my kids preschool. Oh. So 
I collect money from all the parents at the preschool once every few months. And then I keep a spreadsheet of like how much money we're working with, like what we, we, we get them lunch once a month, what we ordered, where we got it from, how much, like how much it, uh, it costs down to the cent. So that way, like everybody knows what we're working with. And I, you know, it's like an effort at transparency. Wow. So that's the next one I have. Um, and then the third one is I'm trying to coordinate a, an August vacation with our like best family friends in town. So like we have a spreadsheet full of Airbnb possibilities, pros and cons, things we like and don't like that's about a, each one. Those are the fun spreadsheets. I those are those. the fun spreadsheets. And that's yes. probably one that you, you might have in yours. And then I'm only, I'll just do two more. Uh, the next two are the summer camp spreadsheets for another, the, the same two families that we're traveling with because we were trying to coordinate our summer camp, our kids to be in summer camp together. So that's just a little, my Google Sheets recently opened files is just a small snapshot into my life as a young, youngish mom. My gosh. I mean, <laughs> I could tell your entire story through spreadsheets. To, truly, 100%. You could tell my entire story through spreadsheets. It's so yeah. rich. It's so rich in like narrative power, right? I'm, I mean- that's incredibly generous of you to say, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's this is what my life looks like right now. I mean, the teacher appreciation spreadsheet speaks to your character. The summer camp thing, <laughs> summer camp spreadsheet speaks to what's providing anxiety in your life. Mm-hmm. Your 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 family trip one, you know, tells the story of like your family. I mean, it's so. I want to write a novel and call it spreadsheets. Spreadsheets yeah. of love. That's what I want to call it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Okay. But now you are in a very different stage of life than I am. So I want to know what you, what, what are your five most recently open spreadsheets? All right. I love it. Okay. So, um, one is renovation costs. So this renovation costs is tracking all the, it's, it's pretty much my calendar of things that we need to make this renovation go. Mm. And it's kind of a calendar because we're doing renovations probably at the worst time in mm-hmm. living history or recent history, which is because we have supply chain stuff that's like staggering everything, right? Ugh, um, yes, I do. Yes. I and do before that. I started renovations, if if I asked the question, what's the thing that you have to knock off first or like approach first because it takes the longest time, mm-hmm. I would never have known that it's cabinets, for example. Mm, yes. For Ca- sure. Cabinet lead times are currently about five to seven weeks. So you got to start on that, right? Mm-hmm. But then after that, every component of your renovation has to be timed um, yes. to, to match that within that uh-huh. time frame. And so uh-huh. we're talking about bathroom tiles. We're talking about lights and bathroom fixtures. And the thing about bathroom fixtures is that like you can get 99% of your bathroom fixtures. Mm-hmm. But if you're missing, say, a shower head. Mm-hmm. You can't move into your apartment because you can't, can't take a shower. shower. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. You know, if you're that's missing the, the smallest little thing, you can't actually live comfortably in your own place, you know? Yeah. And so you got to track all that. So that's my, that's a spreadsheet. Wow. Um, I have a separate spreadsheet for mattresses. Oh my God. Because we need to buy the bed that we're going to be sipping in for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so that's a big deal. So wait, what it like is it's pros and cons? Like, what are we what are we looking? What what data are we collecting here? Yes. So is it 
are we talking about hybrids? Are we talking about spring? Are we talking about memory foam? What prices are we talking about? What brands wow. make are the best? Wow, amazing. Are we talking about firm, soft firm? Are we talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> plush, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that's what the spreadsheet is. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I have no idea. You know, I, I, yeah. I feel like I had a pretty solid idea of what I wanted. And then we went to a mattress store and tried like five. And I'm like, I honestly could fall asleep on any of these. I don't know what the long-term effect of my back is going to be. Like in this moment in time, this mattress feels great. And so does this one. Those are big questions. So I've just been questions. I've just deferred that. I have a spreadsheet of just random measurements in, in, (laughs) <laughs> in my apartment. So these are a lot renovation related. I'm just going to put that it's aside. It's just a list. One of them says seven by 10. One yeah. of them says three by five. And I don't, I don't know, know what any of them. I don't know what me. any of them means. <laughs> um, okay. So that's, those are, I'll just put renovations all in one bucket. Okay. I have the aforementioned wedding invite, which we talked about all of last episode. I, I mean, I, yeah, that's so real. Okay. I have a New York dining running spreadsheet of That's restaurants. So good. Yes. Excellent. And what are you what are you documenting here? Anytime I feel like I go to a place that's notable in my mind, I put mm. it down. Better for good or ba- good bad but or both. Only good. Only good. Okay. Only good. So that when people are like, "Hey, I'm in town, any recommendation?" I could just boop pull out the spreadsheet. Exactly. I love that. Forward it. I have one for LA too. So if you're ever in need of an LA spreadsheet, I got a running one there. Okay, no, that this is. I appreciate you saying this because what I have is I have the iPhone Note, and the iPhone Note is like the rickety bicycle to <laughs> the like car of a of a spread. You know what I mean? Like it's not a great. You, there's such a limited amount of data, or at least like way you can organize the data in an iPhone Note. I have an iPhone Note of restaurants everywhere I've lived, but there's only so much data you can capture. So the fact that you have a spreadsheet is really inspiring me. Yes. Towards greater data collection. Yes, yes. So I have, it's the name of the restaurant, mm-hmm. the cuisine type. Of course. And the part of like, let's say New York. So it's like Midtown oh, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then a quick note. Like it has to be a quick note. So for example, yeah. I have like things like order the uh, the meatballs yeah. or something. Yes, 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 yes. Like notable dishes, Exactly, exactly. That's, That's really question. good, dude. That's a okay. good one. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> Anyways. I'll round out the discussion on spreadsheets with probably my favorite spreadsheet, which uh-huh. I didn't create. This is this is why earlier I was like, I would like to learn how to use Excel properly. Uh-huh. So my spouse's brother-in-law is a like a wizard with spreadsheets. Like he m- models mortgages and stuff for a living. Uh-huh. And so he gave us this, he, he created this spreadsheet. And honestly, it's like, I'm like, it, it's it's one of those spreadsheets that's unlocked what a spreadsheet should do. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I do. I do okay. Know. So it's like, okay, so this spreadsheet we use to guide our, like when we were looking for apartments to buy, mm-hmm. this helped us like figure out how we should be thinking about this because you you can't be comparing an apartment to an apartment like based on like how much, how much they're like what the listing price is, right? Correct. Because you have to look at things like the taxes, the Mm -hmm. monthly maintenance, Mm -hmm. um, which are common charges in New York, and then how much you're putting in down payment, and then balance that against basically the opportunity cost of that same money. So instead, if you put that money in the stock market and have assumptions that the stock market will return at like a certain percentage, 
right? Like what is then the effective monthly cost of this unit versus another unit? That you've just, I have never thought about it in that yes. those terms. And like that just blew my face off. Right. So that blew my face off too. And it's like not, that's not the only thing. It's like, then you have to factor in um, inflation or potential inflation. You have wow. to factor in um, what you think historically housing price changes have been in our area or in specific areas. And you factor all that into a powerful spreadsheet oh where you God. plug in one number. It gives uh-huh. you what the effective monthly cost is for one uh, one property we're looking at versus another property we're looking at. That is crazy. Yes. It's a whole nother level. So I was like, I can't take credit for creating this spreadsheet, but this is this is why I want to take Excel classes in my personal development class yeah, time. I totally get it. I think like the average person like me who like took Excel who learned how to use Excel in school in, you know, middle school or whatever, like we have no idea the actual capacities of Excel. And the only people I know who've truly unlocked it are people who do modeling, economists, yes. mostly economists. Yes. Because Excel is an incredibly powerful tool and we laugh at it because Clippy and Microsoft, but Excel is not to be fucked with. <laughs> and it's just, what's what's incredible about it is its simplicity in terms of just the grids. It's just grids. grids. It's just a grid. It's just grids. And look at all the things you could do with it. And think, oh, look at all the colors you can integrate and look how, oh my God, it is. <laughs> I love how your mind went straight to the different colors that you can no, put truly, in. No, truly. No, I I mean, my bar is low, <laughs> but my spouse did some serious Excel work once yeah. upon a time. And like, he had this thing where like he and my kid were racing, I don't know cars or marbles or something and he would they would enter the times and then whenever they entered the times like the top three times would be highlighted in like gold silver and bronze oh man that's and so good. you could just keep entering new numbers and like it would automatically highlight which you know what i mean and yes. i was like what what sorcery are you doing because you are using excel at a level that i i do i i have no idea it looks like magic to me it's what i aspire to so i wanted to finish off with the asp- i love that it's like gold silver and bronze too your eyes oh, must have I mean, been just like dilating i mean i just i could not i just could not fathom i couldn't fathom that my child was so lucky that he had this technology at his fingertips <laughs> he has no idea how good he has it uh, I have friends who, yeah, I have to admit that in, internally I made fun of them while I was like an English major and they were in college. They're like, oh, you know, I'm really having fun with the spreadsheet. I'd be like, oh, that's cute, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get it. Yeah. I get it now. It's, and not only do you get it, like it's like a fucking marketable skill. Yes. Unlike what we got in our humanities <laughs> and social sciences education. So joke's on us, I guess. Show me your spreadsheets and I'll tell you who you are. This is a fun party trick. And it also, um, in terms of social media engagement, it's like a good, like, to tell me, like, open up your sheets, Google Sheets, and like, tell me the last five. Oh, so good. I'm definitely going to use this on my next party. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a slightly safer version of um, open up your Google browser and like, tell me the last five things you searched. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's, that's, that's. That's dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous and also I cannot like it is so embarrassing. Like I, I the the absolute nonsense that I Google. Like I just Googled cottage industry. Like it, I'm anyway. <laughs> so that was great. Let's just stay with the household theme this week. Mm-hmm. 
top five things that make your home better. Yes, things that, that make your home better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I want to, as somebody who is currently in the thick of making their home better on multiple levels, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So some of these things I have, and some of the things are like in boxes, and I'm dreaming about it every day. Okay. To unveil it in my new home. That's basically so you. So you have they're in your possession. You just haven't gotten to use them yet. Some some I'm using. Uh-huh. And some are in their boxes and it's more like, it's like the dream phase, which honestly is the best time, right? Because it's like mm. the the reality is never as good as like what you're dreaming it will be, right? Yes. They I have think. not disappointed you yet. These exactly. <laughs> exactly. I haven't, the, the downsides have not expressed itself yet. Um, so number five is something I do use is an espresso maker. Oh. I never thought I'd be an espresso maker because I like the process of, um, ground coffee, you know, mm-hmm. um, like putting it in drip, some kind of drip machine. It's kind of how I prefer my coffee. Mm-hmm. And these, so my parents got a Keurig one time and I was not impressed and mm-hmm. it's too convenient <laughs> to be good. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. there's, it's you know, to be good. Yes, right. It's like instant coffee, right? It's uh-huh. like, it's convenient. Yes. But it's never going to match the quality of the inconvenience of grinding your own beans and the like, labor the labor or like pour over i don't i'm not a pour over person i'm not like to that level but like at least a drip machine you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i was skeptical with this nespresso it's not something that i had it's something that my spouse had and so when you combine your lives you combine your coffee making techniques right yes yes uh-huh so she's won me over with this nespresso thing not only is it convenient but it is delicious mm. yeah it's very good um, number four is my standing desk. Oh, wow. That is some real work from home shit. Yes. Pandemic work from home shit. Yes. Yes, it okay. is. Before even the pandemic hit, I had my eye on a standing desk because uh-huh. I'm like, I like the idea of like not sitting all day, having the option mm. to stand. And I really yeah. thought that this was like offices of the future kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But the fact that I can have it in my own home was mind blowing to me. Mm. Yes. So ergonomic, you know, it's good for your back. You know, you can kind of like shift your weight once in a while. You know, you can kind of like jog in place while looking at the screen. It's wonderful. Options. Options. Yes. You can sit. You can stand. It's great. Nice. My number three is sitting in a box and I can't wait to bust it out. It's a robot mop. Robot. So like a, a Roomba mop. Correct. Yes. Wow. So I was really into the idea of a robot vacuum. Okay. A Roomba. Mm -hmm. And then my mom made this compelling argument. So she has hardwood floors at home. Uh Uh-huh. And she said that vacuuming is easier for her Hmm. because it's just, you're just like pushing a button and you're just like moving it back moving it back and forth. Yes. Whereas mopping is the hard part. Huh. So, yes, it's true that you could have a vacuum, m- robot vacuum and a robot mop. But really, if you have hardwood floors. You just need the mop. You just need, yeah, you just need the thing to do the mopping. So it's like you you yourself can like go around and vacuum depending uh-huh. on how, what kind of vacuum you have. Yeah. And then, and then just set the mop and just let it run. Wow. Okay. I did not know this existed. So I'm going to have to do some research yes. when we're done. And okay. she totally convinced me that that's the better way because i was like oh yeah like a wouldn't a robot vacuum be convenient i don't know if you've had one before or used one i haven't but i mean yeah. the people i know who have them swear by them really really yes interesting i mean i haven't heard a bad thing but i've seen them 
work. And it, it gets me a little like anxious, you know, I'm like, oh, because you never corner. know where it's going to go. <laughs> and then when it gets <laughs> stuck and it starts like beeping, I'm like, ah, you yeah, know, that's fair. Yeah. But with the robot mop, it's like, like you've already vacuumed. So it's just like a nice layer of just clean on top of that. Right. Yeah. Just very appealing. I respect that. We'll see okay. how it works. We'll see okay. how it works. Keep okay. me posted. Yes. Number two is the vacuum, and in particular, a Dyson vacuum. Oh, okay. A cordless Dyson oh, vacuum. Oh, cordless. Okay. Yes. That, that would be a game changer. Yes, yes. How do you, how does it, what, it runs on a battery? It runs on a battery, but it's like one of those where you plug in. Oh, um, oh okay, okay. Right. So you plug into charge. So there's like, you can set up like a docking station where you just, it's just like you hang it on the docking station and just have it connected perpetually to a power source. Mm-hmm. So it's always charged. Mm-hmm. And the charge is pretty good too. I, I mean, I've heard like all batteries over long over a long period of time, it does like, the battery does get degrade. Mm-hmm. But this whole lack of cord thing is is so key. Because mm. I feel like it's the cord that prevents me from wanting to vacuum. Mm, interesting. You know? Okay. You gotta unwind the thing. Yes. You gotta plug and in the thing. Every time you go to a different room, you every gotta time you go into a different whole room, thing. yes. It's a whole thing. So this Dyson vacuum, the one I'm looking at, it's like to turn it to use it. It's a trigger button, so it's like mm. a, it's like almost like a gun, and you're like killing dirt with this gun. Wow! Wow! Amazing. And so I had to mention that in concert with the robot mob because. If you if you have a hard time vacuuming, then a va- a robot vacuum makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But if you have one of these like trigger gun Dyson vacuums, and it's like you know you just bust it out, and then you could just like sweep like not like a big vacuum, but just like oh there's some like little spots here, and just like zoom it up, and then you have the robot mop on top of that. Wow. I mean, your house basically cleans itself. Spotless, spotless. It's like the Jetsons. That's my number two. My number one, I have a question for you, Liz. Uh-huh. When you go to a restaurant and the waiter asks you, still or sparkling, what is your instinctive response? Still, no question. Yes, yes. And that has been the case for me 99% of my life. Uh-huh. And even now, my instinct is to say still. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is in the last couple of years, like my body's craving sparkling water all the way. Uh-huh. And to the point where I answer, I actually answer have been answering that question with sparkling water. Okay. And I have been buying so much sparkling water. Uh-huh. Like every time I go to the to the market, if I have a free hand, I'm buying sparkling water. Okay. I need that fizz. I need that, you know, thing. <laughs> and so my spouse bought me a carbonator for Christmas. Like a soda stream? Yes. But it's like a it's a different brand. Okay. But the reason this is my number one is because it's it's one of those things that kind of just pays for itself over time. Yes. Yeah, sparkling water is not cheap. It's not cheap. And I spend probably, I don't know, ballpark I spent like fifty thousand dollars on sparkling water. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of like I every time I go, I'm buying sparkling water and I go through these things like two a day. I mean, it's like it's water. If it is your water source, you can drink one of those entire six packs in a day. Exactly. And you know, over time, like that's it's going to pay. It's going to pay for itself in like three months. You for know? sure, for sure, yes, and like just so much less waste in terms of cans or plastic bottles or what have you. Exactly, it is. That's great. It is a perfect household item. I'm so happy for you. Anything you can do to reduce the waste is good, right? Yes, like that's exactly. so that's so good, and also save you money in the process. Yeah, there's no literally no downside to this. No thing. downside. I love that. 
So that's my top five. Fabulous. Fabulous life upgrades. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm got my pen ready. I want to take notes. Oh, All right. Overly generous as usual. Okay, so my number five is a Vitamix. Wow. Yes. Um, I don't like spending money on things, as I've mentioned before, but I do think that when it comes to kitchenware, it is almost always worth it to to pay for like the quality brand. Yeah. Because you use your cookware a lot and it's expensive to replace, right? So just like get the good pan and have it last for longer. And if that like that's just a 30 something thing, right? I feel like not just buying the cheapest item or whatever, shedding the immigrant, like the child of immigrant thing where you always just like try to save money at all costs, but realizing that it's actually a better investment to pay more for the thing that's better. Um, so we got a Vitamix. Uh, it was like my spouse is like when he graduated from grad school, it's like the thing he really wanted. <laughs> um, and it is incredible. Like the horsepower on this thing yeah. is bananas. Yeah. And uh, it lasts forever. The warranty lasts forever. I made all of my baby food for both kids with it. Like it is awesome. I've asked this question about your favorite household thing to like friends and Vitamix is almost always in, within the first few answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally worth it. And I say that as somebody who like hates spending money on things. So that's my number five. Uh, my number four is the tile gadget. Are you familiar with this? No, but I'm intrigued. Okay. So um, a tile is basically a small square that you can, it's got a hole in it and you can just like attach it to your keys, to your earbuds, to literally anything you you, you lose on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And you download an app and basically like it, if you ever lose it, you can open the app and have it chirp at you and it'll tell you where it is. Um, I need this as somebody who is absent-minded under stress and the last two years have been nothing but a giant stress ball. So like I'm losing shit constantly. Keys, earbuds. I never know where my phone is. Like it's just, it's almost comical, right? So um, after God, I spent like an embarrassing amount of time looking for keys. My, I finally like, ordered a few of these and then it took me another embarrassing amount of time to actually put them to use because you don't need them until you need them right <laughs> right um but now my earbuds or my airpods and my keys both have them and like it's a fucking game changer like wow. the amount of time i have saved i don't know where it is just open the app have it chirp at me the end it is this the thing that Apple made that, what is it? The Apple? Okay. Apple also has a thing. I yeah. forget exactly what it's called. Um, I did look at that one too. Uh, I went with this one cause it's cheaper and uh -huh. I'm now a little bit glad that I did. I will say that it's not higher on the list cause it's a little bit clunky. Uh -huh. Like literally it's a little bit clunky. Like it just kind of like flaps around and like the, it's a little bit, it's just not sleek in the way that all Apple products are. Mm -hmm. But now I'm reading these New York Times articles about like people, like the Apple ones are magnetic. So people are like putting them on people's cars and like tracking their whereabouts and shit. Yeah, that's what I was reading. And I was like, I first of all, when these start, things started coming up, I'm like, oh, you got to get this on Amazon. It's like a good deal. I was like, what is this thing? You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, how do you actually use? I don't really get it, but. 
Um, an air tag. That's what it's called. Air, air tag. tag. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Not crazy about the clunky, but glad that it was cheaper and glad that um, it can't be used to, to stalk me. <laughs> yes. Within, within the confines of a home, great. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's my number four. Uh, my number three is very analog. It is Mrs. Meyer's soap basil scent. Um, <laughs> I did not know how much like having nice smelling soap it would improve my quality of life until I visited my BFF in Seattle and I was like, what is this magical smelling soap you have? And it's Mrs. Meyer's. It's very it's like you can get it at Target. It's not that expensive. But um, it's kind of like what I was talking about with candles a few weeks ago. Just like the scent, having a nice scent that you engage with like multiple times a day. Totally. It makes a huge difference. Huge. And I, this is, again, real 30-something shit. But like Mrs. Meyer's basil scent has really changed my life. And for that, I am grateful. So Someone came. Uh, I went to a housewarming party the other day. And someone came with like a really, you know, that Aesop soap. Yes, right. people, yes. It's it's great. I love the way it smells. I love the way it looks. I want it in my own place. But I'm like, what a great housewarming gift. That's that exactly what it is. a great housewarming Because you, like, it's expensive and you yeah. might not be inclined to buy it for yourself. But like, yeah. that, that, A plus, that's a great gift. Yes. I'm going to remember that for yes. later. Thank you. Uh, my number two is like a little bit of a cheat because it's not technically a household item. But my AirPods have changed my life. <laughs> AirPods are number two. Um, in no small part because when I had corded earbuds back in the olden days, yeah. whenever I was cleaning or doing dishes, like at least once per session per like I would get them caught on something because yeah. you can't clean or do shit like with the cords. Yeah. It was um, truly comical and it would have been very embarrassing if anybody had ever like if anybody knew how often it happened, it would not have. Yeah, it would have been a blight on my reputation. So um airpods completely changed everything because it made cleaning so much less cumbersome so my home is cleaner as a result of having airpods i i have to begrudgingly give it up to apple on this one i thought when it first came out remember how many people how, how many people were like laughing at this thing yes we were like oh my god kids are gonna choke on this it's right. so stupid and also like i was annoyed because i was like this is just a, a gimmick because mm -hmm. And it's true. I do hold on to this point. Like I have lost one just like bending over or whatever. It falls out of my ear, falls into a grate and it's gone yeah, forever. God, and yeah, $75, there you go. Like right down the grate. And I'm like to Apple to get another one of these things. So I do hold that line, but I think the trade-off in terms of what you were just talking about and how it frees everything up, I have to, I have to admit that I begrudgingly have to admit that I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And in, even among wireless headphones, like – because they're not wire cutters number one pick. And my spouse being, you know, wire cutter is his Bible. He went for the number one pick. And they are not as, if you have a, an iPhone, you cannot beat the seamless integration. That's how they get you, right? Yes. But like the fact that it syncs, everything is just so compatible. They're sleek as hell. Like you, you can't beat the air, you can't beat an AirPod. So, um, I, are you I saying, too. Are you saying you disagree with wire cutter? I know, I know. It's shocking. It's shocking. But it's really for me about like the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's my number two. And my number one is also pretty analog, but it is um eight wire shelves and like 50 big ass plastic storage bins. <laughs> okay. 
I cannot tell you how much this has changed my life. This was a thing. I did not have this in my life until I had like enough space in my home for storage. Uh-huh. But um, it felt so silly spending so much on organization because like a wire shelf is like $80 at Target. The store- plastic storage bins are only five, but like having an or investing the money in an organizational system changes everything and it makes your life so much easier and it makes it so much better because you're not living in clutter you know where things are so it's less stressful and um i totally forgot where i was going with that maybe those are the only two perks but complete game changer just like having a system where you can store shit and know where it is and utilize the space you have and build upwards instead of out is everything oh my gosh so um, i need i need to revise my number one to do this because this is you're exactly right this is what i'm most excited about shelves hooks and like clear containers Yes. Collect things that I don't know what to do with right now. 100%. 100%. And like, again, I felt so stupid buying, like, again, $80 is, it's not cheap. But in the last, in like our current home and the last one we've had, like, having just a system of organization, being able to make maximal use of your storage space changes everything. So, um, yeah, I think it's totally worth it. And if you are like me, live in a home where you have like a basement and you have like opportunities to utilize this, like you 500% should, especially because once you have the shelving up, the storage bins are like five bucks at Target. Change and they, you get them in different sizes. Oh my God. Yeah. Home organization is everything. That is an A plus number one right there. Thank you. That's like Marie Kondo level. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, what she would tell me to do would be to throw everything away, which is also, I think, deeply underrated. And we wouldn't need so many containers for shit if we didn't have so much shit. So I think Mari has a point. But that said, um, for all that shit that you do have, get yourself a white plastic storage bin. Or a clear, better yet, a clear plastic storage bin so you can see what's inside it. For me, it has to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same, 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 same. Whew. All right. Well, that was some real 30-something shit right there. Covered a lot of ground there. We did. We really yes. did. Um, what should we talk about next week? You made a suggestion earlier today that I'm obsessed with, which is Asian snacks. Yes. And un- you, you kind of have to be Asian to know what we're talking about. Here. Which is fine. <laughs> Um, but like the vast and wide swath that we could cover here, I am so excited about. Right. Also, the definition of snack we have to discuss as well. Ooh, but this has layers. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this. Right, so. and I'm I'm gonna love like the descriptive because we're gonna have to explain each of these things because I are. don't know. What's funny is that I don't think I know. Like, I know what all of these look like based on the packages, but I don't know, uh, like, maybe one or two, outside of one or two names of snacks, I don't know, like, what what these snacks are called. Yes. And I mean, like, the universe of Asian snacks is huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. So um, we we both know but a fraction of it, so we will have to do a lot of describing, and I can't wait. Maybe I'll do some research this week. I mean... We our our work is laid out for us. 
<laughs> this was fun. Fun as always. Let's do it again. See you in two weeks. Yay! Yay!